Welcome to the Science of Flipping podcast. I'm your host, Justin Colby. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Science of Flipping. I am your host, Justin Colby. And as you can see, if you're watching us on YouTube, I got two more of our billionaire boardroom members with me. But before I get to introducing them, um, I want to let everyone know, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, congratulations. This podcast is all about creating systems, procedures, giving you the tools to create a business that you want, a life that you want to create, right? That's what this entire podcast is about whether you're a wholesaler, fix and flipper, buy and hold, we will continue to give you all the strategies, all the procedures to build a successful uh, real estate investing business. If it is your first time here, go to thescienceflipping.com. Uh, I give away my book, not an ebook, my actual book, the same book that sells for $10 on Amazon. I give to you guys for free to my listeners. Go to the science of flipping. Uh, download the book. It is absolutely free. It's called The Science of Flipping. Um, and for those of you who are constantly inquiring or thinking, man, I'd like to be a part of this mastermind, we have a uh, button on thescienceofflipping.com that you can actually apply. Whether you are just starting, just getting started, or like these members built a seven-figure-year business or anywhere in between, Fill out the application. Give yourself a chance to be in the game. If you never fill out the application, you don't even have a chance to be in the game. If you want to be around uh, myself or any of the members you've heard from or Kent or Sean Terry, um, give yourself a chance. Prove to us why you deserve to be in there. We do not take everybody, but it does not matter. We take the right people to be in those rooms. So thescienceofflipping.com, get your free book and apply for the masterminds if you feel it's the right fit for you. Um, with that said, as you can see, I am joined by uh, two more members of the Billionaire Boardroom Mastermind who we were all out in Cabo. Uh, I want you guys all to meet Rob and John. What is up, good gentlemen? How are you? What's up, Justin? What's going on? You know, just uh, another day out here in 88 degree Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, How's St. Uh, Louis treating you right now? Ah, uh, it's snowing. It's a little, tough. A little flurry today. A little flurry action. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, I heard the whole East Coast is going to get dumped on, right? I heard, uh, what, Philly or Pennsylvania is supposed to get like two days of just a torrential snowstorm. Ah, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We got It's a little taste of kind of what you feel every day. We had a you know, a week or so of 60 or 70 degree weather, and then now it's reminding us what it should be. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're right. their fingers crossed, thinking, oh, is winter over? Nope. Nope. No way. No. So why yeah. don't we do this? Why don't we just start, you know, like I said, I just want to have a conversation with you guys. Obviously, we spent some great time down in Cabo together masterminding. Um, why don't you guys talk about a little bit about your business, like what you guys focus on, because you're very dynamic, right? You don't just wholesale. You don't just fix and flip. You don't just wholesale. You don't just buy and hold. You actually... Uh, do pretty much all four of those categories or divisions of this business, right? And so talk a little bit about how that all came together with you two. Sure, here we go. Here, I'll go. Yeah, um, well, you know what? Our strategy all along has been have the most exit strategies. So, you know, we want to have the most outs of any deal. So uh, going into that, you know, we said, all right, well, how do we do that? Well, rehabbing has always been something that, that both John and I have been kind of big proponents of and always done pretty well at that. Um, ramping up the rental side, something that we always wanted. And, you know, as we've kind of built the company, that's something that we've really been able to phase into. Um, 
property management. That was something that we had to do just as a, you know, kind of something that was part of the game. If you're going to have the rentals, we want to control of, of the management. So, you know, we ran that and got that up and going. And, and wholesaling was something that we loved, but it almost, for me at least, it came after the so um, it was like, holy cow, now we have, you know, the best exit of all of them. So if we can make something that's wholesaleable, well, then we can have the exit of rehabbing easily because someone else is going to pay us more. And someone's going to pay us more than we really wanted and kind of scale up from there um, and then really get good at choosing which ones we were going to put into which which category. And John's been doing a really good job on on the uh, rehab and the development and the rental side. And uh, I've been out trying to find new ways to do wholesale stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I think it really generations uh, of own just a ton of rentals, and uh, and when we realized we wanted to own a ton of rentals, we realized how much maintenance and um, time and that was going to take getting them leased up, showing the properties, getting them made ready. Um, so the big key for us in growing our business on the development and the wholesale side has been starting that in-house property management company, so you can kind of set those rentals and forget those rentals and, and manage it from 10,000 feet as opposed to being in the weeds every day, growing this portfolio. You know, it's a great long-term play, uh, but, you know, you rehab a house and you make three or 400 bucks cash flow the first month, uh, you know, as a rental. You rehab, you know, a house to flip and you make, you know, 40, 50 grand. So um, decided that time best spent rehabbing the flips and uh, spending less time over on the rental side. Fair enough. And, and that's what I think a lot of our listeners have to figure out. Like, where do they want to start in the game? So knowing that you guys have built a very successful multi-division business, right? Where would you suggest someone who might be just starting to get into the game? And conversely, when is that time that someone who might be in the game to level up, to add a division of their business? What would be your answers to those? I mean, I would say from my perspective, um, I was a little bit different than Rob when I first started and, and I started off rehabbing, but very quickly got into wholesaling. Um, I would say if you're looking to build a real estate business, you know, finding the deal is where the opportunity and the money is made. So I would definitely suggest starting the wholesale channel first. Uh, when you have the wholesale channel kind of built out, it allows you to pick the best rehabs with the most meat on the bone if should you want to go into the rehab sector or pick the best rentals in the best area should you want to go into that sector just kind of depending on each deal if you're not looking at a bunch of deals you don't really have that many options uh if you're looking at a bunch of different deals every day you can say well this is a good rental this is a good rehab once you've kind of established that wholesale engine that's bringing you constant leads uh, that you get a chance to kind of review on a daily basis what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, the deal flow is what it's all about. Deal flow, you know, gets you up in the morning. It's the exciting part. Um, problem is when you're first starting out, wholesaling seems super sexy because it's the easiest one to jump into. If you've never done a rehab, if you never owned a rental property, it becomes a little bit harder to do the wholesale side because, you know, you don't have the experience to know what something really costs to rehab. You know, you're saying, okay, yeah, I know what ARV is based on comps and, 
you know, I know how to do, you know, Mayo formula or whatever, but the variable that's really difficult is that, that construction factor, um, for myself. And I know, I know for John too, that side's always been pretty easy because we both got into the real estate industry through the rehab side. Yeah. So, you know, we knew what it would cost. Um, I think that's a piece that, that, that wholesaling engine that makes it a little bit harder. Um, you know, if you're in an area where it's a bunch of newer homes or homes that have been built in the last 20 years, a little easier to kind of figure that out. If you're in an area that homes are 100 years old or, you know, 90 years old, 80 years old, it becomes a little bit harder. Um, you got a lot more variables to look at. But um, I think the wholesale side is definitely the, the side to start. You get to look at a lot more deals. But, um, you know, the rehabbing piece, rehabbing the right deals uh, is a pretty good kind of secondary step to layer into. And then once you get that down, then it becomes really easy to kind of tie in some, some rental properties. But uh, I think for folks that are getting into the rental side as a kind of an ancillary piece to the, to the wholesale thing, get a property manager. You know, I tried to do it all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even up to 20, 30 units. And, and man, it, it's funny how your time just gets totally sucked out and it's been, you're chasing everything. So uh, I think that's a piece that some people we need to do more often than not. I agree. I'll, yeah, I would agree with that. Average. So let me ask you guys. You and I had this uh, specific conversation in Cabo, but for those of the, the listeners that are already wholesaling and like, man, I want to get into that rehab model, um, what are your criteria that you're going to rehab something versus wholesale something? These days, um, we've been a lot more selective. Okay. So we just determine what our pr- profit spread is. You know, these days, we really don't want to do a rehab that, that nets us less than 75,000, uh, in profit. And, you know, we've got a set number of days that we want to own the property and just kind of by going through the analytics uh, of your financials and just kind of digging through it and seeing, okay, well, what's the, the most profitable rehab that, that you can do, you know? Um, so that's kind of what we've gotten into. And we've realized that as we get up to a little higher price point, we have more ability to control that. You know, when you're rehabbing a house and selling for 200 grand, it's pretty difficult to make $75,000. So we've went up in price point and we know our, our market really well. So we know the key areas that allow that. In our market, properties that sell for over $200 a square foot and that sell over $350,000 allowed us to get that, 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 pro- that sweet spot of profit that we were looking for for the amount of work that we were putting into it. Um, you also have a lot less headache on the back end with your buyer typically they're not asking for three percent closing costs they're not nickel and diamond you on a lot of repairs they're you know they're appreciating the quality of finish that you put out there because they're in a neighborhood or an area that demands that and we kind of to rob's point know the area and know what finishes people will expect so you know we kind of uh also enjoy that price point because you, you get a pretty strong buyer on the back end which you know makes it nice when you get finished with a project and you only have to wait 30, 45 days and you're going to closing with no hiccups uh, from the lender or, you know, all the other seasoning requirements and things like that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and and I think we talked about specifically percentages, right? Because I would argue the same thing. I I tend to not want to fix or flip a home here in Phoenix unless I can make six six figures or more. Um, But if you break it down by percentage, what does that really mean, right? So what would your answer percentage-wise, whether you'd say, okay, this is a wholesale 100%, we're going to wholesale this, versus 
based around the percentages and the formula of percentages, I want to rehab it. Do you guys have that? Yeah, it's 40%. Right. Yeah, so 40%. Uh, if we can wholesale it and make 40% of what we make rehabbing it, we're going to do it every day. It's gone. And, and especially even like a rehab that we absolutely love. Like, man, that's going to be a great project. You know, it, it just it just makes sense to go, you know, sell it off. Um, when it gets in that kind of 30% sector and it's a good one, you start looking at do you have the ability to push price? You know, is it a hot area where, you know, by, between the time that we buy it to rehab and sell it, the price is going to go up by 10% or something crazy, which doesn't happen too terribly often out here. But in a couple areas, we, we see that. Um, you're also looking at what else you have going on. I mean, okay, great. You want to rehab projects and, you know, you want to have that be a part of your business. You can't do them all and you only have a certain bandwidth depending on where your company's at. So it might be the greatest rehab ever. If we have seven projects going on or eight or 10 projects going on, it still might not make sense to keep it in the rehab pool. Uh, you know, it kind of goes back to that sales velocity concept of, yes, it's a good rehab. We can't get you over three months and you can make 35% today. We know we're going to see more deals by the time we need another project. Go. Yeah. And, and, and the more rehabs we do, the more exclusive we match our area. We know the almost exact area that we want to be in. So if it's outside there, it's getting wholesaled anyway. And then we're only doing them in that area. And, and we're getting up to that level kind of where you're talking about where 75s are low end. But we're, you know, that's kind of like the goal when in reality our push goals is six figures. And, and it almost feels like the mindset's changed where if it's less than six figures, we don't really get too excited about it. Which is crazy to think <laughs> how our company's grown. To like, look at it. We made a really aggressive offer last week on a deal that I think would have been a killer deal. We've got seven or eight projects, high end construction projects going. And we're like, well, make the offer more aggressive. If we get it, great. If we don't. We'll see another one, but uh, and that was a, that was a six figure project potential. Uh, but you just what are you gonna do? You can't do them all, right? And, and that's you know sometimes it's better to say no than to say yes, right? You got to learn how to say no though, because as A type personalities, as entrepreneurs, we're like, give me them all, I'll do them all, I got this, right? <laughs> you know, I can tell you, doing a, a development that I was chasing money and got way in over my head because I was. I can do this. This is no different than flipping a hundred homes a year. We totally got right. And next thing you know, I go in and lose $400,000 because I didn't say no, right? I was chasing money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very hard practice to perfect, especially for people like us. Right. But that's a great point that you bring up right there is you can't say yes to everything. Right. And you know, when the time is right, say yes. And if it's not, you got to be able to say no. That's a huge component to this. And Justin, I'll tell you what made that really easy for us on this particular deal. Rob touched on it earlier. So we've gotten really tight on our financials and our profit per day and our, you know, success or lack of success, depending on the project. And when we have all this data to look at beginning of the year, we're kind of looking at the data from last year and the year before and saying, what's the real business goals here? How many rehabs do we really want to do? How many rentals do we really want to do knowing it's a long-term play? And uh, when we set our goals this year, it was to buy 104 houses. And we broke that down into 12 rehabs, 12 rental units, and 80 wholesales. Well, when you, when you break it down like that and you say, it's March and we've got seven rehabs in the pipeline. 
it makes it easy to say, well, Wholesale City. Yeah. We're already you have seven in the pipeline. When you've already bought nine rental units and it's March, okay, disposition, disposition, disposition. So it, what's really helped us this year is being really clear on our goals and where we want to be in the business. And that way, you know, deal comes in. What do you want to do with it? We're not hemming and hawing and trying to make it work. It's wholesale, wholesale, wholesale. Or do we need a rehab? No, wholesale. Well, and with our pipeline and our breakdown of when they're going to fall – you know, when they're going to sell and when they're coming into the end of the shoot, we know about when we're going to need one. So we don't you really need to buy another property until late May yeah. to fit our model. So that's a great, you know, great thing to know. You know what? It was, I don't know, March 10th or March 7th when we were putting that offer in. March, you know, somewhere in that ballpark, we're like, all right, well, it's going to close in April. We're not going to be able to touch it for, you know, two months That doesn't or a month and a half. That doesn't benefit us. So. We said, all right, well, let's price that in. You know, let's put $10,000 less offer on it. And if we get it, great. If we don't, we don't kind of thing. Did you get and, it? Uh, and what's that? Did you guys get it? No, we didn't get that. Not yet. I don't know. Someone backed out. We always kind of end up finding our way back. Yeah. But the weird thing is, and this is, so I think you know this and John certainly gets it. Um, the kind of rehabs that we do often take a much greater amount of construction. We often do value adds. This one in particular was going to be a second story addition in a pretty high income area, um, which is kind of our niche. We've got one going about 10 houses down the street from this one. That's why it really kind of worked out well. And we kind of set that market to some level. But because of what we do is so niche and, and kind of where we found our foothold, the problem we have is that deal normally, if I'm saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to throw in a lower offer on a hundred plus thousand dollar rehab profit, most folks that are listening are going to say, I mean, that's silly. Well, I mean, Buy it anyway and wholesale it off. Right. Well, the problem is there's so few folks that do what we do. Um, we only have two or three people to go to wholesale to. So it becomes a lot more difficult. We don't have the exit of a normal wholesale kind of thing. So yeah, we almost sort of subdivide those sectors off. I, I completely understand that, right? And it's um, a blessing and a curse, right? You, you're one of three people who can do what you do. But when you find a great property that you don't get, you only have two other people that you could probably sell it to. Right, so it's not that, like that's you, have a, exactly it. you don't have this big buyer pool because it's unique, and so it brings me to a point. I've done a lot of episodes um, of this mastermind series, but why don't you talk to maybe the newbie, right? Because what you just said is so specified to your business, and I think everyone wants to get to where you guys are at, right? When you're looking for the mass market business and getting in, how would you have someone break into that market? Because what you guys just talked about is in polar opposite to where if you're just getting in, you want to likely start wholesaling, you want to be able to have multiple exit strategies, that property didn't. That property had one exit strategy and that was to add value, add square footage, pop the top, whatever. Um, And there's not a lot of people that can do that, right? So talk a little bit about that. Just you know, being that specified is really a blessing and curse because it creates a market for you that very little people can replicate, but it also limits your ability to do mass amount of deals with that one specified type of asset, right? That's what I'm saying. Well, I can say that I'll touch on the blessing, Brad, if you want, you can take the curse. But the, (laughs) (laughs) the blessing is, the blessing is a lot of agents call us. You get a lot of real estate agent calls because when the price point goes up and it needs that type of rehab, they're having the same issue that we are trying to wholesale. There's not a lot of people out there that will do that type of project. So 
you get a decent amount of lay down deals in the higher end neighborhoods with the value add potential because there's not a whole lot of other people to go to. Yep. Uh, so I'd say that is one of the blessings. Um, not to mention when you buy the home, we're still trying to buy at a discount price for the existing home. Then if it's 200 bucks a foot or more in that neighborhood, you double the square footage. Well, everything you just added, you get the 200 bucks a foot. It probably only took a buck 30 to a buck 40 to build that. So you've got 60 to $70 a foot of profit built into the second story addition, also assuming you bought the house right. So um, it really allows you to get the bigger profit spreads when you do the value adds like that. Um, yeah, so that's the blessing. You know, like, like we were talking about the curses, you're absolutely right. There's not that many folks we can go to. Um, you know, we, we have to do is almost kind of build our buyer pool, kind of yeah. work with folks that we know well that understand what we're doing, the construction side, and say, hey, we don't have the scarcity mentality on this because there's just never going to be that many folks that want to do it. So great. Here, let us show you how to do it so that we have someone to sell them to yeah. once they don't work. You know, so it's uh, and I find I think sooner or later we'll probably start JV in more of these deals, like staying in as a consultant and then taking something on the backside sure. um, versus being able to take it all in the front like a normal wholesale to a rehab deal. Um, so that's kind of a kind of a curse. The blessing is we've got some good folks. The blessing is we get to see a lot of deals from agents and, and agents in our market are pretty sophisticated. Um, you know, it's just an older market where people have been in the game for a long time. Um, you know, and, and then you're absolutely right. The curse is that there's only really one exit strategy and our whole model is built on having the most exit strategies, uh, which is exactly why we had to get really good at figuring out what we have in the pipeline and when we need a property to come in yep. because it's really easy to say, yeah, that fits. Let's do it. And not really understanding, well, that sucks because we're sitting on it for three months, not doing it, you know? Right. So that's kind of, you're like, so we, the more and more, I guess, understanding we've got of our, of our kind of timeline and our, and our financial um, kind of financials and what's coming in and what's coming out, we, we were able to get really good at that. And uh, which is the, the, the same reason why we were able to kind of put in a much lower offer and, and essentially pass on that deal is the same reason why we're only doing 12, re, uh, 12 rentals this year. Um, and those are 12 rentals that are coming in that need rehabbing. You know, we'll buy as many as we can that are already leased up, you know, but we just don't want to spend too much construction effort on the rental properties because they're just not producing as much today income and what we're doing. And we have the ability to produce so much more income on the rehab side if we're going to put construction into it. And keep in mind, too, I mean, when we're doing the bigger projects, another thing that we're looking at in, in terms of timing is, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I mean, you don't typically want to start three or four or five large projects at the same time. You really want to try and stagger them. So where you have planning and zoning and architectural drawings and city review, and then it starts getting demoed. And then at that point, you could say, okay, let's start another one. And now we're doing planning and zoning on this one when this one's kind of started. And when this one gets to the rough end phase, then this one's kind of ready for demo. And you really want to try and stagger them, especially on the, the larger projects. So you, you find yourself bogged down uh, and kind of in quicksand a lot when you have four or five projects that you're trying to take off at the same time. So timing is, is a lot. Um, it's very important on the bigger projects. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think, you know, one of the things that is so powerful to know is is 
this business can work on two levels. You could just simply do bigger, better deals, right? And do very well with have less volume. You conversely can have very high volume, smaller profit margins and never do a bigger deal and the headaches that come. And there's headaches to both, right? There's not, there's not this idealistic world that doesn't come with headaches. Um, but the reality is if you can perfect the 80 wholesales a year, the 12 rehabs and the 12 buy and holds, you're really starting to gain momentum in terms of building a business that's replicatable, right? Where you can say, here are the homes and the systems we wholesale for less margin. Here are the homes that we rehab for large margin. Here are the homes we just peel off and pick ourselves, right? And you know, for those who are just beginning, the wholesale side is going to tend to have less headaches. Um, for those of you who are wholesaling, guys, look at what they're saying. They would say, if they can make... of their retail price or less, they're going to wholesale it. 40% or more, they're going to rehab it, right? Um, Look at that as a benchmark for what you guys can do. And then guys, like anything, I mean, my market right now is not a great market to buy and hold. But as anything, you know, there's traffic, right? There's a big funnel. You're trying to get all the deals in this funnel, every single last one. So you can figure out, do you wholesale it? Do you rehab it or do you pluck it and keep it for yourself, right? So you guys have done a great job of doing that out in St. Louis for sure. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, one thing that's really important for for the folks that are listening to really understand, that's 40% of the rehab profit in our very small desired area, you know? So that's not in all the other areas, which I think is very important to understand because the areas that we're doing deals, you know, we want to make 75,000 on the very low end up to say 200 grand or more on the rehab side. Well, 40% of that's a pretty big number, right? But if you're looking at making a $10,000 wholesale profit versus a $30,000 or $28,000 rehab, man, I take that $10,000 every single day, every time. Uh, yeah, twice absolutely. on Saturday. Yeah. You know, I mean, once you get up to a hundred thousand, you're talking about a 30 or $40,000 wholesale profit versus a hundred or a hundred plus thousand dollar rehab profit. It becomes a little bit different because the dollars are so much greater. Yep. You know, that's that percentage is the same, but the dollars are so much greater. While, you know, it, you don't in our market coming across a ton of $40,000 wholesales just isn't super common. So, um, you know, in some markets it may be, but uh, in our market, it's not so that, you know, you're saying, OK, well, I'm going to get 40 percent today of that hundred thousand. That's a huge difference than making a $10,000 wholesale on a $28,000 rehab, you know, or, or something along those lines. You bring up a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're making 30 or 40% of a smaller chunk, take your cash now, right? If you can make 10 grand now or 25 grand in three months, take your 10 grand now. There's no way any of us would ever do something like that, right? But to your point- There might be 10 grand in three months. <laughs> exactly right. But that is, that's why we make those decisions. Is we've all felt the pain of- Oh man, I was I was gonna make thirty, and all of a sudden it goes down to ten grand. And you're like, I could have done that on the front end and not have spent ninety days, contractors and cities and agents and loans and ugh, right? So I've I've done well over three hundred rehabs, right? You guys have done probably something similar. I've done well over five hundred wholesales, right? There's still those times where you still want that bigger dollar amount, but man. For the pain, the minutia, the cat hurting, the what if scenarios, I love my quick nickel, man. I love my quick nickel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wholesalers always think that rehabbers are killing it, right. and I think they don't probably realize what is really being made. Right. What if, what if you can squeeze out that that 
you know, 20% right up front and run away, that's a pretty damn good day. I would make the argument what you guys are doing and what a select few people do is you add value. You buy bigger, better homes, add that type of square footage, pop the top. You go after desirable, a little bit more expensive areas. There you can make some serious coin. Uh, here in Phoenix, you go into an Arcadia area, PV area. Mm-hmm. You scrape the house. You build new. You, I mean, those type of rehabs and or almost developments is where you can actually make some coin. If you're going to go buy a 1,500-square-foot home that's 30 years old, yeah, you're going to make 30, 40 grand. Well, I'm going to wholesale it for 20 grand. You technically make more than me, but if you spread it out per day, you're making you're way winning. less than me because I make mine in 14 days. You make yours in 90. Right. So, guys. At best, because a loan can't even close in less than six weeks now. So, right. I mean, at best, you're doing it in 90. Right. But if you handpick your 12, that are good at you know value adds that you can go in. You have the experience, man. I'll tell you what, fix and flipping created a very nice lifestyle. I'll tell you that. Um, so you know, there's. I'm definitely still an advocate of fix and flipping. I'm actually after we do this mastermind series, it'll be interesting. I might have you guys come back on because I'm going to do a whole rehabbing series. I've done so much recently about wholesaling. I'm going to actually jump in and do like a rehabbing series, and and I might actually bring you guys back on not as part of just the mastermind series, but successful rehabbers, right? And how do you get there versus, you know, barely scrape by as a rehabber, right? So sure. what, uh, dude, tell the, tell the people where you're from, where you're at, where they can find you. Um, you know, give yourself a little self promotion. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, websites, core properties, stl.com. Um, we've got core properties, STL, um, on Facebook, you know, we don't, I, I, our, the folks here in the marketing office, they do stuff on Twitter and Instagram. I, I don't. You know, we'd have to ask <laughs> office manager or Rachel uh, where yeah. to find us on Twitter. But, uh, if you go to the website, it's all there. There you go. <laughs> Take that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, Rob Heider uh, on Facebook, John Rankin on Facebook. Um, kind of, we, we keep up with most of the stuff we got going on on there. Um, you know, we go by and take all the photos weekly or bi-weekly of all the projects, all the, all the fun stuff that's going on with all that and kind of keep up with it pretty good. Sweet. If anybody wants to reach out to me, has any questions about rehabbing or anything, uh, my email is J-R-A-N-K-I-N at coreproperties.stl.com. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about real estate. Don't get me started. You know, we all got the bug. So, uh, you know, always happy to help out. Yeah. And uh, my, my email is R-Heider, H-E-Y-D-E-R at coreprepertiesstl.com as well. So right on. Yeah, feel free. Boys, I know yeah. you're busy. I can't, you know, thank you enough. I really do thank you for giving back. It's really our passion, as you know, myself and Sean and Kent constantly are giving back. So I appreciate you taking some of the time out of your busy schedule. It means a lot to me. I know the tens of thousands of people listening it means a lot to them to know that it's not just Justin, it's not just Sean or Kent, like you know, there's people out there that are really making incredible living and incredible lifestyle for themselves um, that aren't in the public eye, and you guys are great examples of that. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Have a good one. All right, guys. That Thanks is it for this episode. We will continue. We have a couple more left in the, uh, the Mastermind series. But again, get over. Give yourself a shot to be in one of these Masterminds. You don't need to be crushing it like these boys. You might just be starting, or maybe you want to... Maybe you're making a quarter million dollars a year and you want to get over into the billionaire mastermind, go off some wine and Napa with us, but go to the science of fill out an application. If you just want some free coaching, there's a free coaching app in, in the website. So go over there. I will sign off and see you guys on the next episode.
Peace. Peace.